You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Here are your hosts, Matthew Leach and Paul Hagan. And welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, along with Paul Hagan. We'll be joined in just a moment by MLB.com's Mark Bowman. Uh, and we're talking about uh, a team that's not nearly as happy as it was a week ago, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Paul, is this team better than this? Is this just an inconsistent team? What's going on here? Well, it's been an inconsistent team all year, Matthew. Um, but, uh, you know, going to uh, L.A. and San Diego and getting swept is not how you uh, try to stay in a race at this point of the year, and they have a tough schedule coming up. So I don't think it's really too much of an exaggeration to say that the Braves' chances of at least winning the division could be decided here in the next couple weeks. That's actually one of the first things I wanted to ask Mark Bowman about. Uh, Braves uh, finish up the road trip in Seattle and then come home for the Nationals, Dodgers, and A's. Um, what are we going to be talking about with this team at the end of this homestand? Because it looks pretty pretty pivotal. Well, we're, we're going to know exactly uh, where, whether this team is a legit postseason contender at the end of this homestand. And at the same time, you know, right after that, they go to uh, Pittsburgh for three. You know, for, for since I think it was April 28th was when the, this skid really began. There are six games under 500. And that's about 89 games. That's they have 89 games. This is they have not shown that they are a postseason contender. This is, this is not the kind of stretch you want to go through. Um, you know, at this point in time, and they didn't take advantage of this portion of the schedule. When we talked a few weeks ago, we said, well, the Padres are mixed in between. Well, they just lost uh, four of the seven games they played against the Padres during, during this brutal stretch. So uh, this team has a lot to a lot to prove over the next uh, couple weeks. With that said, one thing that has been consistent about this team for really a couple years running uh, is they beat up on the Washington Nationals. Um, it, it It's dangerous to make too much of three games at any point, but how essential is it that they at least get a series win against Washington just to start off this homestand? Well, that would be huge. And like you said, there there has always felt, uh, or at least over the last, um, you know, since, since the beginning of last year, there has seemed like the Braves had a mental edge over the Nationals. What I will say to that is they went to Washington last uh, there in June, and they won the first two games of the series and then dropped the final two. And, and when they dropped the final two games of that four-game set, I thought, I, I wonder if that's enough to kind of in that, that mental edge because it's just been baffling to, to see how much the Braves have dominated the Nationals over uh, since the beginning of last year. Mark, you had a great story uh, on MLB.com recently talking about the five things that the Braves need to do to turn this thing around a little bit. Uh, let's talk about those a little bit. Number one was Mike Miner needs to step up. Yeah, you know, this uh, when Mike Miner came to camp this year, he was uh, dealing with a sore shoulder. I thought it was just because he had missed, <clears throat> basically been sedentary throughout January because he had had an internal uh, surgical procedure that uh, you know, it just had kept him basically on the couch. So, you know, he, he gets started late. He, he gets into the season. First seven starts in, he was at, at a 307 ERA. Uh, he looked like he would be you know, fine. He'd be at least similar to the guy he'd been the, the previous year and a half. But uh, you got to 
He's had a 7.33 ERA in his last 10 starts. Even the outs are loud. Uh, I mean, this guy has not been close to, to what he was. I, I thought they might send him to the minors, um, you know, for a couple of starts and maybe try to get it right. They, they think they can just go ahead and skip a start. I, I don't bring him out of the bullpen a few times. I, I don't know if that's going to do the trick or not. But uh, you know, they, they've lost three starters to, to injuries. Uh, they, they do not have many bullets left in that uh, in that rotation arsenal. They, they've lost Medlin and Floyd and Bambichi. Um, you know, people say go to David Hale. Well, David Hale hasn't exactly been real sharp here lately either as, as a reliever. So uh, uh, I really think that they need Mike Miner just to provide some stability and at the same time, you know, maybe get back to that guy who did beat Zach Greinke in the playoffs last year. What's the alternative? I mean, it's what can they do if Miner's not right? I mean, is there really an, an alternate option besides hope he gets right? Yeah, I mean, like I say, David Hale uh, is uh, – Sitting there, um, Gwinnett, I don't really see a clear-cut option. Um, you know, at this time last year, none of us knew who Freddie Garcia was. Um, you know, uh, but but I think this team is is uh, one rolling the dice with Aaron Harangs and and Freddie Garcia is enough. I can't see how they're going to roll that dice again and win. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, if if a guy comes available on the waiver wire, uh, it's an affordable option there. Maybe they go that route. Speaking of lack of alternatives, leadoff spot's been a, a real mess all year, uh, and they don't really seem to have a uh, very uh, viable option there either. What are they going to do at leadoff? I, I really think that uh, you know putting Jason Hayward there is the answer. Um, maybe not against left-handers; he has struggled mightily against left-handers. But but I I think that's what some some members of the organization are saying that hey, they they're not Emilio Bonifacio now. Why don't you put him in the leadoff spot? Um, that doesn't mean BJ sits the bench every day. It's just that Bonifacio, when he's playing third base or, or you know maybe a, a corner outfield position, give him Hayward or Justin up in the day off. He's at that leadoff spot. But I, I think somewhere mixing and matching Bonifacio and Hayward have to be um, there to the top of the lineup. This BJ up an experiment is uh, you know it was laughable at the start, and and it's just amazing that they continue to go with it. Um, I looked at his stats there. He's he's had 34 games there. The only other uh, leadoff hitter who's played 34 games at, at their top of the lineup and uh, had a lower on base percentage is Cabrera here in San Diego. And we all know, you know, how much they struggled to score runs. It's uh, you know, it, it, there's there's a lot of importance of uh, about who you put in that spot. And BJ uh, Huffman is not the answer. Mark, I'm, I've been I'm looking at the numbers here. And this offense baffles me because we've got this perception of it as all or nothing, home run or strikeout. But they rank better in, in walks and in OBP than they do in slugging. Now, none of that is great, but they're middle of the pack in, in, in OBP. They're drawing their walks. They're really not hitting for power. What What's the story with an offense that, if nothing else, is at least supposed to hit the ball out of the ballpark? Yeah, I, I think I, I glanced at that yesterday, uh, the, the power, you know, there are some guys that are down. That Justin Upton and then Evan Gaddis are the two, the only two guys I'd say that are on the same pace that they were last year, power-wise. Freddie Freeman, uh, he's probably either right there where he was last year, slightly behind. They're not getting the power off the bench. Uh, they're not getting any pop there. Chris Johnson's power numbers are down. Uh, Anderton Simmons' power numbers are significantly down. That it, you know, I don't think we should be too shocked about Simmons. You know, I think I think we should. Still, be surprised they hit 17 home runs last year. 
Um, but it's, uh, you know, I asked one of the players the other day, you know, just asking, what do you think the problem is? And he, he basically said, I think maybe we're overhyped. You know, I think people were expecting too much from this club, you know, some of these individuals. And uh, maybe maybe a couple guys overachieved last year. Um, but but this is a club that needs to uh, – their DNA is to rely on power. Uh, they just have not been able to generate it this year. And um, but, but the strikeout numbers have still been – you know, somewhat alarming. Maybe maybe the strikeout rate is down a little bit, but it's still high enough to, to where you know to uh, negate some of the uh, you know to negate some of that. You, you hit for power, and so um, they have not done that though. The deadline passed, and, and they made a couple of, of adjustments. I think they identified what their most glaring needs were and, and addressed them. Um, but are, are there any either external or internal? moves that can still be made for this club to, to bolster some of the things that, that, that need to get better over the last eight weeks? Well, I, I think that uh, I, I think they'll continue to look at the bullpen. Uh, they had a game the other night, I believe they were in L.A., where uh, Freddie went to David Hale in the ninth inning, and Anthony Marlboro had been tired, and David Hale's their long guy. He went to their long guy in the ninth inning, and he just uh, – you know what? If this is the confidence that he has in the in the remainder of his bullpen, he's going to his long guy in the ninth inning. Um, then they're they're, they're, they're going to need more than a left-handed reliever, and it was in L.A. because it was the night before the deadline. Now I remember that saying that that they're going to need to do more than get a left-handed reliever. And get James Russell. They they got uh, a reliever who throws left-handed. He's not the traditional left-handed guy, but uh, you know he, he is a guy who who has really handled right-handers. Um, I do think that maybe if they'll continue to look to see if they'll find a left-handed specialist, I do not see that in the organization. Uh, they do have a prospect. His name is J.R. Graham. I do not expect him to be ready by the end of this year, but they are at least working him two innings at a time right now in Mississippi. Um, you know, probably best-case scenario is he gets to Atlanta next year, but, you know, if he has a great uh, – if he has some success over the next couple of weeks, maybe he adds depth in September. Or can can you envision a scenario in which Freddie Gonzalez at some point here says, "I just can't keep running BJ Upton out there every day"? Well, I yeah, I I, I know this. I, you know, I, I've ne- not heard this directly from you know a front office guy, but but you know through the grapevine, I continue to hear the the front office would not be upset if 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 uh, in other words, they're not letting that contract dictate him being in that lineup. So. Uh, you know, he, it is his option. Um, you know, I don't know if he feels comfortable putting Bonifacio in that lineup every day, but I think I think what he's going to have to do is find find matchups and, and evaluate when and where to put BJ in there. Um, putting him in there against the 95 mile per hour, uh, you know, hard throwing right handers is probably not the answer. You know, there there are some situations where it might fit BJ, but uh, I think he does need to to mix and match a little better. Uh, especially now that he has uh, Bonifacio that is, uh, you know, available for the rest of this year. Freddie Freeman has been pretty good, but he hasn't been probably what people expected. Do people have too high expectations based on the contract, or does does Freddie Freeman have a, a two months in him here where he can really make a difference? No, Freddie Freeman has. He, he needs to get back to being Freddie Freeman. And this guy is uh, is a legit. Um, Potential number three hitter. He is not. He's not acted like one most of this season. 
Um, and so I know I do not think that it's been, you know, he's been overhyped or the expectations are wrong. I, I think he's gotten into a lot of funks. Uh, it, it's it's remarkable. I don't know exactly where the number is with the Marlins right now, but I think he's three for 40 against them. Uh, it's just incredible that, that, that for a guy to uh, struggle as much as he has against the one club like that. He he had some problems with his eyes early on in the season, but there has not been anything uh, dealing with his vision or injuries. Um, he just needs to get back to who he is. Maybe it's a product of signing an eight-year, uh, you know, franchise record eight-year deal and then putting too much pressure on yourself. Um, whatever it is, you know, he can make things right by putting this team on his back the last two months of the year. That would uh, be a pretty enormous development for a team that needs it badly. Mark Bowman, thanks for joining us on MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach along with Paul Hagan.